This is for my dreamers, doers, and audacious entrepreneurs. For those who want to wake up every day and be in love with the career you've created for yourself. This is for you. This is for us. This is the Forever Fun Employed Podcast with me, Jana Hall. Are you E40 right now? Tell me when to go. <laughs> <Ooh>. Stop. <laughs> Hello, Fun Employed friends. Welcome back to the Forever Fun Employed podcast. I'm your host, Jana Hall. And I know I put out um, my end of the lessons, or sorry, end of the decade lessons um, recently, but I've been kind of in the mood to just, I don't know, just kind of fire off and just um, crank out as much as I can while I'm off. My vacation is ending soon, and so I figured why not just take advantage of the creativity that I'm feeling and like the creative burst that I'm having. Um, and just put out some more episodes. So today, I am joined by my lovely friend, Monica Wilson. Hi, Jana. How Thank- are you? I'm good. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Thank you for being here. This is uh, this is great. I know, like, from the minute I talked about doing the podcast, I was like, and you're going to be on there. Like, you were, <laughs> like, I made my list of people, and... Like you were at the top of the list because we have talked so much about careers and talked about like pivoting and kind of really like this fun employed life. Yeah. Um, and you have taken some great leaps, which we will get into. I have, but I don't think I was able to do it without knowing you and oh, learning about stop. your story and journey. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so before we get in, can you just give a brief introduction to the people? Um, and tell us what type of fun employed you are. I am a full-time employee. I am in the um, working world, in the workforce. Okay. I've dabbled a little bit in entrepreneurship in the past, but I am mainly a employee. employee. Right. <laughs> and you love what you do. Yes. So what industry are you in? I am in the sustainability industry um, and specifically within green buildings and infrastructure. Okay. So... What does that mean for people who don't know? Because I, when I met you, what was it? When did I meet you? Last we year? we met in January of 2018. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so almost yeah. two years. Almost two years. Um, and so I didn't know. I just knew like you did something with architecture and you did CrossFit. Yeah. And I like CrossFit. So like yes. explain what your industry is all about. So with uh, environmental science, that's where I'm academically trained. You can branch off into like working um, specifically within those subject fields like water, energy, um, recycling, and with infrastructure, as we're building lots of buildings in our world increasingly, um, you have to take into consideration what materials you're building and Mm -hmm. why. We spend 90% of our lives indoors. Mm -hmm. So don't you want to spend most of your time in a place you enjoy, whether that's your home or where you work? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I've chosen to kind of focus my career around creating great building spaces for people that can change the trajectory of their life. Mm, I didn't even know that was a field that I didn't know that was like an industry, but it makes perfect sense because yeah, I mean, people are always talking about how can we make this building greener and all those things. That's exactly what you do. Right. So we think about like 
when you think of like environmental science, you're thinking about the natural environment, the water, the trees, mm-hmm. the air, but we exist in the built environment. Both of them exist together. Mm-hmm. And I focus on how to make both of them coincide got together it. simultaneously. Got yeah. Okay, got it. Love it. So today's episode, even though you're in the environmental, like you're, you studied environmental science, you're in um, sustainability industry, that we're not going to be talking about that. Um, Monica has been someone that I have loved talking careers with because, you know, as I talk about this fun employed journey and always taking the leap to do something different, a lot of times people assume that you're taking the leap to entrepreneurship. But Monica had no desire to quit her full time job and no. pursue something else. She decided that she wanted to enjoy the benefits of. A full-time job, which literally means benefits, health insurance, all that stuff, stable salary, yeah, um, and and all of those things that we love about working full-time. Um, but she decided to figure out how to bring the fun employed element into it and really try to do more of what she loves. And so she has since um, left... I'm now, I'm unemployed and fun employed. (laughs) (laughs) You are newly unemployed. Yes. (laughs) um, But you are technically fun employed because in just a few weeks, you will be starting a new job. And a a new new, lifestyle. (laughs) A new lifestyle. And so um, I put a a question out today on um, Instagram that was basically like, you know, what topics do you want to hear? And someone commented that they wanted to know how to turn their nine to five into a fun employed situation. Um, And that's exactly what you did. You had this job and you decided that it was no longer serving you. The nine to five in the traditional sense wasn't serving you um, and you wanted to make a change. So can you talk a little bit about what that life was like when you had this job that was a traditional nine to five, kind of what you, what you did, like what you encountered, what your experience was like and what made you be like, you know what, I'm going to completely change how I live my day to day life and like change how I make my money. And I'm going to just go and pursue a remote position and really just uproot my life and try something new. So that's the short version, but let's go, let's deep dive into to your journey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How do we unpack this? So um, in the traditional nine to five world, you go into an office and you're there eight hours a day. Um, and I'm, I'm in my late 20s and I always kind of knew that that wasn't going to work for me long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I had experience with working remotely before and I had had this amazing opportunity that that came up to work in architecture, which I don't have a degree in, um, but in, enter it from a sustainable design standpoint. And so I was very excited to take the job. Um, but just with basic traditional corporate mechanics, it was physically not working for me. I quickly realized. And then emotionally, it wasn't working for me. And there were things like microaggressions just as a black mm-hmm. woman that I was encountering and all of those things that I, I'm sure I'm going to talk about led up to me making two very big decisions with my life. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about microaggression. So you being a black woman in what we can assume is a predominantly white yeah. industry. I don't know any black people other than you who, have, who are in sustainability at all. Yeah. So was your workplace 
Was it, were you one of the only? So I, at the firm I was previously at, I was the first black woman in that role. Mm. And this firm has been around for 50 years. Wow. And there was only one other black woman in the building during my what? my two years there. And we're talking out of a company out of 300. And wow. Only two black people in a, com- in a company yeah. of 300? Yeah, black women. Um, and I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. Okay. So in college, when I chose my major, I was very aware that I was probably going to be one of the only black black women in the field. So I got really comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it does take getting uncomfortable with that. Um, I went to the University of Virginia. And so I was, I was used to being like the only black girl in my classes. Um, and I say that because uh, I like to let black women know, don't be afraid to be the first in mm-hmm. a field or the first person at your mm-hmm. job. Um, don't let that intimidate you. It's been an empowering experience for me. I like to show up in the room knowing that I'm very qualified to be there. Mm-hmm. But yes, girl, it has come with like <laughs> some punches in the face. Oh, I bet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So like what kind of stuff did you deal with that? Or what was your day to day like that made you realize that this nine to five life in the traditional sense of going into an office, what made, what did you go through to make you realize that this isn't for me? Yeah. So, um, I love the architecture industry. I'm not going to lie. I will say that where I was at, Um, Out of all the jobs I I had, I noticed that people were kind of shocked about my hair. Like I have natural, I have naturally curly hair. um, And they would say things about that. Um, They would say certain things. They would talk to me a certain way. So like Mm -hmm. over, like after I was no longer like the new employee, um, I had vice presidents. Like I'd just be like, hello, how are you doing? Yo, what's up? Hmm? And like, sorry, I don't talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think I, I understand that in workplace cultures for some people, they can talk to each other like that. I'm one of two black women in a white space mm-hmm. and I'm not well acquainted with these vice presidents. So when I see you in passing and you're like, like shoulder, no. you know, banging on your chest, no. like, yo girl, what's up? Yeah, girl. Um, it was a bit alarming to me and it really made me self-aware of how like sometimes in, in, predominantly white corporate environments, you'll be able to find out like who has black friends or pe- or yeah. friends of color outside of that. And mm-hmm. I, I quickly started to realize just the people I was working around, um, they weren't making me feel comfortable. Yeah. Now, I wasn't going home crying every night, mm-hmm. but I just, it was like night and day. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about this, but mm-hmm. like I was not really enjoying the environment I was in. Yeah. Yeah. I was enjoying everything that I was doing outside of work and mm-hmm. on the weekends and holidays. And that's something that I think we're now seeing more and more these studies are coming out like people don't leave jobs because they don't like the work they're doing they leave jobs because of the environment and management exactly and I can attest to you know not feeling comfortable not feeling like I can show up to work as my full self yeah and you know there were still there were black people where I was working but even still the culture yeah can really dictate like how comfortable you feel being yourself right and how many opportunities you have to show up right as yourself so I, I think we've talked about this like natural hair in the workplace how did you feel like when you first went natural because I have a really crazy <sighs> like story to share <laughs> <laughs> so I was super insecure um I went natural when I was living in New York so first of all I had a traumatic experience with my senior year, my senior year in college dyeing my hair I had always dyed my hair myself mm-hmm Um, but one time I was dying it red or like an auburn and it wasn't auburn enough. So I went back to the store and just like put another 
red on top, like another auburn. And so that was like a double process on my hair. And then a few weeks later, I had my friend put a permanent. And like she was oh, like, wow. your hair is literally sliding out at the oh, root. Oh my gosh! And I don't know why. I had always thought like I've never had hair issues. My hair is like Teflon, and it quickly I quickly realized yeah. it wasn't. So I wore a sew-in for a couple of years as I transitioned, and so I would like cut the perm tear off slowly every time I would like change my weave. And um, I finally was like ready to wear my natural hair out. Yeah. Right around the time that um, I got the job at Girl Scouts. Uh-huh. So it was, like, my first, like, big girl job. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, like, uh. So I was wearing wash and goes a lot because I wanted it to look, you know, my curls to look, you know, tight. And I didn't want it to look, you know, what... I don't know. I just wanted to look perfect, and I wanted to make them comfortable with seeing me in my natural state. And so, like, if I had my hair bigger, I would wear muted, like, muted clothes. Um, And if I, um, you know, wore something that was, like, bright, my hair would be slicked back. And so I was really insecure. Um, But, I mean, it... It really, I don't know. It took a while for me to feel comfortable wearing my natural hair out because I wasn't at a place where like I could, I knew my hair and I knew myself and like I knew what this represented me like being yeah. just who I am. Um, I was really worried about white people, what, I th- what they thought. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and I'm like, this is how my hair grows out of my head. I should not feel ashamed to wear it because that's what they do. They wear the hair the way it grows out of their head. Exactly. And I remember before I got a job interview, a black man said to me, before I went on this job interview, a black man said to me, um, you're going to wear your hair like that for the interview? That's, that's so unprofessional. And I was like, you know, that made me so insecure, but I did it anyway and I got the job. And so like, but there was just always that like, am I being unprofessional by wearing my hair like this? Like it's curly today, you know? And so I never had any issues with like coworkers saying anything. I remember I had a mentor, my mentor who was my boss at the time. She, um, I had dyed my hair bleach blonde. This was like, I was a couple years in. You know, it's the things you do when you're young. (laughs) Right. And so like... She invited me into our office and she was like, so what's going on with the hair? Like, so how does that work? But she was like, so how does that work? Like when you want to dye it back, like, what does that look like? You know, like, do you have to put on a wig? Like what? She just like did not know. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to tell me to change my hair. And I left the office like that. She was like, okay. And like, that was it. And I just, in my mind, I was like, I thought she was going to tell me to change my hair back, you know, to look more professional. But like. She was just really curious as to how black women's hair worked. And she asked me, you know, she called me into her office, so she didn't, like, do it out loud to make the situation uncomfortable. Um, And so I realized that a lot of it was just in my head. Yeah. Um, So thankfully, I worked at a place where I had a boss who was comfortable with allowing us to show up. But I just naturally felt a lot of, like, insecurity about my natural hair. You feel like you can't be a replica of yourself in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've always felt. I've always felt like I have to censor myself. Mm -hmm. Like on the weekends, I can be with my girls. My hair is big. It's out. I don't really care. Mm -hmm. But at work, I always feel like I had to be censored. And not from like insecurity, but it's just we're there to work. So why are you so fixated on my hair? And that's when I became like more aware of my quote unquote environment. And so I like to tell people like, Yeah, I'm this scientist, but I focus on the types of environments we're in and how it has an impact on our well-being and our mental Mm -hmm. health. And, um, you know, that'll be I'll be able to talk about that in my new remote job. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. So you decided like after two years of 
being the only, all these microaggressions. Yeah. Like you even talked about, we've talked about you having physical health issues. Yes. Um, dealing with like just sitting all day. Yeah. Um, and then like the mental health strain that comes from, you know, and then like there's burnout. So can you talk about how that structure for you created burnout? Yeah. So, well, I have some crazy hair stories. So like <laughs> one time I had my hair blown out. And my boss didn't recognize me for like a whole morning. Nuh-uh. Yeah. She was like, oh, I didn't even recognize you. Um, I had done like flexi rods on my hair one day for work. And I had like a vice president in accounting come down and tell me like, you look like Marge Simpson. You Nuh-uh. just look so animated. And when I left my job last week, he came up to me again a year later and said, you look like you're just from a cartoon. Like your, your hair is just so wild and crazy, but you also look really good. So they just, I just realized I was in a place where they were like hyper focused. Do people understand like what is coming out of their mouth? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like, we're there to work. And I know some people might be like, well, girl, they're complimenting you. Like you look good. And that's Tell great. Tell me I look animated. I'm sorry. That's not a compliment. Yeah. Like, that's like not. when I'm focused on work, I don't care what I look like. Um, but the burnout. So I just, I realized I'm not a person that can. I can't sit in a desk all day. I just can't. That's mm-hmm. not how my body works. That's not how my brain works. Um, and I realized I was suppressing certain parts of myself. When I was dabbling in entrepreneurship, I wasn't allowed to be all the way creative because I'm like super tied to this job and this environment that is draining me day by day. Yeah. So you mentioned that I did CrossFit. I am an active CrossFitter and I had had some weightlifting injuries that were just taking forever to heal up. And when I, I left my job last week, like my back pain has dissipated. Wow. I mean, I'm not working out as much right now because I'm in this big life transformation, but I've just noticed that like the pain starting to go away. Like this is maybe some of it was correlated to just workplace mm-hmm. stress in yeah. the chair I was sitting in. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. There's so much <laughs> like my mom, she deals a lot with like emotions and how it affects you, yeah. like your thoughts and emotions and how it affects your immune system. And I can be having any type of pain. Like, for example, I was having like sciatic pain and she was like, are you stressed about finances? Like what's going on? And -hmm. like, it is, there is, it's tied. It's 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 all related to each other. So I had a standing desk at work and it did help, but it wasn't, it just wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And my workload was, it was crazy. Like I'm just doing all these sorts Mm -hmm. of things and I'm feeling, I'm not feeling fully valued. Um, you're treating me a certain way because I'm a black woman. You're reminding me constantly in conversations that I'm black. I don't feel like I can be my true self. And that doesn't mean like I want to step into work and be like, Hey girl, but I just, you want to be able to be free. Yeah. So I felt like I couldn't be free unless it was outside of work at a lot of events. And so I started just really trying to shift my life outside of work and try to tap into being more of my inner self. And that's really how I was able to cultivate the life I had now. But burnout, like losing sleep, sleeping too much, not wanting to work out anymore, not wanting to socialize. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just want to travel. Yeah. I just want to go do something else for a while. I need to check out. And this Mm is, I'm really big on my body, like paying attention to what my body is telling me. And my body was telling me earlier this year, early spring that like, you you've never gone overseas you've never traveled so go do that Mm -hmm. like screw everything else right 
And so you went overseas. You've had a hell of a year traveling. A girl is tired, girl, baby. You have been doing the most in the best possible <laughs> in way. In the best way. And I try to tell people that I really, I was very intentional this year about doing so many things. Every month has been so great. I'm so blessed. I've met so many new people. Um, but the downside of that is a girl is tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm retreating a lot. I'm nesting a lot. And I'm getting ready for an even bigger year. Um, and so... I know that like we talk about Instagram and highlight reels, but just know that like behind the scenes, mm-hmm. a lot of work goes into yeah. it. It's very mundane. Yeah. I'm not doing anything special. I <laughs> you mean, know? you are doing something special because <laughs> you, how many solo trips did you take this year? Between the, November 2018 and now, I took three. Well, I took mm-hmm. four, but it, they were, one was really far away. One was on the West Coast. One was in the Rocky Mountains, and then I did a local trip. Okay. Um, and I love I love all types of travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I love like, hey girl, you want to go to brunch? You want to go up to DC? <laughs> you know, do you want to do this? Um, but I made a big effort. You know, I, I'm not saying solo travel is like what you need to do to solve your figure out your life or figure out problems, but I knew I needed to kind of spend more time with myself to figure out what I wanted, Mm -hmm. who am I becoming, um, if there was any issues of like past jobs, relationships, trauma, anything that I needed to sort out, I needed to kind of address that. And I was just like, I'm going to go travel by myself. I see it all the time. Um, Carmen Sandiego, she was like the first woman as a kid that I saw (laughs) who was traveling by herself. And so Mm -hmm. I never thought it was weird. I know you've never solo traveled, um, but I never thought it was weird to just be like, I'm going to go here for a couple days. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you went to Paris by yourself. I did. Where were you in your like career frustration when you, because you, we talked about this when we took our 20 mile bike ride. Yeah, 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 girl. We talked about, I asked, you know, like, how did you find yourself? Like, how did Paris help you find yourself? And was that a pivotal point for you when it came to your career oh, move? I, I feel like it was the catalyst. It was the buffer. I'm using all the chemistry terms. <laughs> um, so I had just started dabbling in entrepreneurship. Um, I was like six months out of a dating relationship that wasn't serving me. Mm-hmm. And I knew there were things that I, I wanted to do. There were things that I needed to get out of my system. I needed to try entrepreneurship. I needed to try getting uncomfortable and putting myself in different spaces. And I always wanted to travel abroad. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm going to wait until my friends. I'm going to wait till I have mm-hmm. a husband. I'm going to wait till I have the money. Yeah. Um, and because I was dabbling in entrepreneurship and working full time, I decided that I decided a few months prior to t- this 2019 that I was going to set aside some money along with capital for the business I had at the time. And I was just going to travel for a week because I was new <laughs> in a corporate job and they only gave me two weeks of vacation. Mm. So I was like, all right, let's for just the go whole year. for the whole year. And um, I had this blueprint where I was in a backpack. That didn't happen. So I picked one city. Um, I was the first in my family to go overseas. Wow. So it was it was more of an emotional journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked one city. I picked it for a week. And I went over there. <laughs> but I'm, like, very thorough when I commit to something. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, we'll just do Paris. Um, so I started, like, watching all these vlogs of solo women travelers I started asking my friends who live overseas, like, what should I do? What should I see? Girl, I even started walking five miles a day. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I was like, when I get over there, You're I... like training yeah, for this trip, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, I was really tapping into myself. Yeah. I, I did the most, honey. 
I um, love your dedication to preparation. Yeah. That is just, that's amazing. And you know the crazy thing? When I went over there, I didn't feel far away from really? anything or anybody. It was just like, oh. Like you're down the street. Yeah, it, that's how it felt. I was just like, hey, I'm down the street. Although I just did like this nine hour flight. <laughs> I talked to my Airbnb host in French and he was just so impressed. Wow. And yeah, I was just chilling over there by myself for a week. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was nervous. Mm-hmm. Not in the sense that um, something bad was going to happen to me. But I think your original question was that, um, how did I find myself? I don't ignore those gut feelings or intuition anymore. Mm-hmm. So although that some people didn't agree with me that I should go on a trip by myself, although people like to say like, oh, this is going to happen that, you know, don't do that. I knew just, I just knew that going on a trip very far away was something I needed to do mm-hmm. in order to figure out um, how to be a better Monica or what's yeah. going to happen next in my yeah. life. And although Paris has nothing to do with what I'm about to do with my life, but it was a huge <laughs> but stepping it, yeah, stone. It was, a, it was like you getting out of your comfort zone and what was the norm for you, yeah. which was not traveling and not traveling alone. Um, and I think that really helped push you to, because I think after that trip, that's when we really start to talk about what was next for you in terms of like some of your dreams and like even you start to open up more about your frustrations with your current job and like looking for something different. Yeah. Um, And so then that went from, you know, you taking that trip and like knowing more of who you are and what you want to, okay, now I'm ready to look for more. Yeah. And so more for you was... A remote job. It was a remote job. So I felt the most in tune with myself in Paris, um, just in the way I walked and the way I talked. And I realized that I was like, you know what? My current life is not serving me. I don't hate it. I'm not Mm -hmm. miserable, but I know there's more out there for me. And when I got back, girl, I had nothing lined up. I went through like a little bit of depression. I was like, that was so amazing. And I want to live <laughs> and like, now I'm, I'm back. yeah, I want to feel like that every day. Yeah. So I started telling people what my plan was going to be. And I had nothing lined up. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to get a remote job. I'm going to travel more. I'm going to be able to see my friends and family whenever. You legit talked about that plan. Like it was already in the works. And nothing was lined up, girl. <laughs> I was back at that desk on Monday. Like, okay. <laughs> back to hurting. Back, but I'm back was cranking, like aching. <laughs> but you got out. So how did, so talk about like, the application process, I mean, like, because you really just, really just changed what your professional life looks yeah. like. So, no. And it wasn't that long ago. So, um, I had a friend who said, hey, do you want to learn how to code with me this summer? She sends me this, coincidentally, the day I'm leaving for Paris. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't care about that girl. Like, I'm about to go to Paris. Um, so, I apply. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe since I'm in a job I don't like and I I know what I don't want to do. Let me just try to focus on a different skill set right now mm-hmm. before I go take that next job. Yeah. So when I got back, I applied. I started, I just picked up how to do front end web development. Um, and I, I didn't really have intentions to enter the industry. I interviewed for some jobs. Um, I did get a job in that field that I turned down, but I, I'm like open to freelancing now. It's still something I mm-hmm. want to learn. So I think... When I, when I got back, I just started to like be more expansive and flexible about yeah. my own life. Yeah. Um, I did. I started the, the application process. So I, with having a blueprint, like when you come back from something or when you have a realization about 
what you want to do next. I'm spitting gems right now, by the way. <laughs> okay. Um, it's important to just be open to whatever and to have a blueprint that is going to change. So the original plan was to get some remote job. I didn't care what what it was, like, <laughs> girl, um, and just bounce around to different cities. That's not what's happening. Um, I started getting hit, like, hit up on LinkedIn for mm-hmm. like opportunities in Richmond. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll, and I'll just get a new job in Richmond. That's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but then I was like, no. You don't want to do that. I, I personally don't want to do that. Love Richmond, but I, I need to start getting out more into mm-hmm. the world. Um, and so I turned all those jobs down and all those job offers. And like a lot of people were like, girl, you just like shot yourself in the foot because you could have just stayed here another year and then transferred. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm not taking a job in Richmond. Yeah. Like I was very intentional. <laughs> and, and that's that audacity I talk about being audacious enough to be like, yeah, I'm accepting nothing less than what I know I want. And, and it's, deserve. it's scary because I know how hard it is to get a job. So the fact that I was turning stuff down, Ooh. it was like, girl, what you going to do? Like, right. how you going to make this happen? <laughs> Yeah. But you, I mean, I did. So it it took a while. Um, Things have happened for me now in such a perfect timing, but not in the way that I imagined it. And so I applied for several remote jobs in May and I didn't, I started interviewing all summer as I'm coding, as I'm like transitioning out of part-time entrepreneurship. I'm just going through a lot of different emotions And I didn't get an offer until October. Mm -hmm. And they offered me the job. And then they said, well, you won't be starting until January. (laughs) So um, in hindsight, I was like, oh, my goodness, like, this is just taking forever. But now I've had more time to just sit with myself again, spend time with friends and family, and really draft up this blueprint about how I'm going to indulge in this remote life and what the game plan is going to be. Yeah, because now you're getting your time back. Yes. You're, so are so what is your like what is your new title or like your you're still in the sustainability industry. Yes. Um and so has that changed how does how much does that change from yeah. what you were doing? Girl, it's it's a one eighty. So I'm I'm leaving the corporate world to work for a very large, well known nonprofit. Um I got a job in like wellness and sustainability. So I don't I don't have to focus on just like the environment. Mm-hmm. So as someone who crossfits, who bike rides with Jana, like who <laughs> who tries to eat healthy, I'm very aware that like there's the environment to care about, but like what about our well-being in mm-hmm. the environment? So I got a job that relates to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't even got the certification yet and like they offered me the job. Wow. It's double my pay. It's like way Look at more. that. Look at God. Give me just I, one of the questions they asked me was, are you comfortable with traveling internationally? And I was like, that's my dream. I just went to Paris. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for asking. Yes. That is the only thing I want to do. Yeah. (laughs) So I had to learn through this process to be very patient. Um, and so I decided that with working, being able to work remotely, being flexible, um, that it's time to pick up and and move. (laughs) So you're like, you're, uh, it's so bittersweet. I'm so happy. So you are moving Mm -hmm. across the country Mm -hmm. um, to the beautiful Mile High City. (laughs) I'm moving to Denver, Colorado. Yay! Yeah! So excited for you. Yeah. So 
talk to me about how you decided to do, why you decided to do Denver and what the process was like to decide, to make the decision to go. Yeah. So I've known for a few years now, I, I love Richmond. Like I feel like I'm Richmond made and at some point I wanted to experience living somewhere else. And I feel like in the past it was for wrong reasons. It was like, Oh, I just want to go somewhere where it's more popping or there's more things to do, or there's people in my field. Um, but I chose to stay in Richmond for five years and get involved in the community Mm -hmm. and learn more things about myself and others and build authentic relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, and so last year before I even knew that I was going to apply to new jobs, I just started solo traveling and I, I went to Seattle, like I've, I've been to different cities on the east and west coast and down south, and I visited places. Um, and this summer, I visited Denver, and I really liked what it had to offer in terms of the city mm-hmm. and the outdoors. Um, when I was in my earlier 20s, like like many women, it's like, I want to be in the big city, mm-hmm. living out my dreams, being Carrie Bradshaw. But now that I'm older, I'm like a woman of the woods. <laughs> I love to hike. Um, I want to go to the brewery. You know, I just want to do like the very chill Me vibe. Me and Monica things. tried to crash some random company um, brewery, brewery bike, tour. bike tour. Like that's what we're on over here. We were like, there's a company that's doing like some. Yeah. They're just doing a bike tour with their yeah. employees. Shall we run up on it? Girl, we signed up. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went back and posted. If you do not, you're like, if you're not an employee, you cannot, you cannot come, come on this brewery tour. <laughs> We just so happened to be going yeah. to the same. <laughs> um, it's so funny. So like when I was in college, uh, people would tell me, you should move to Denver. You you work in sustainability. And I was just like, oh, okay, but you know, I could never do that. I could never pick up and move. Like, no, you know, I don't come from privilege. I don't come from a rich family. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. I was like a victim of my own state mm-hmm. of mind. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited to move to a city where um, I can hike. There will be sustainable pro- professionals. I'll see like cutting edge things in my industry as mm-hmm. a as an employee. And that's huge. Yeah, as a nine to fiver, and then you know I'll just be in a different space. Yeah, which yeah. you deserve. Yeah. Which you deserve. Thank I remember um, it was after one of our bike rides, and we were at. <sighs> Where did we come? We went to brunch. We went to brunch. We went to brunch on Labor Day. Yeah. Or oh. the, day, the day before Labor okay. Day. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That was really that. Yeah. Wow. Time flies. And Jana is an aggressive bike rider. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, girl, like, yeah, let's just do a few miles. I mean, we you're end up the talking. Yeah. But, girl, when you get on the bike, we went 25 miles mm. the first time. Right. <laughs> but thank you because you've prepped me for Colorado, honestly. <laughs> I'm thinking like Monica is, she's like true to this. I mean, cause I think Girl. it was, you, I had gotten a bike and you were like, Oh, let's go. I have a bike yeah. too. So then I'm thinking Monica's a pro. So I'm like, all right, Girl. Like, gotta come out here. Can't be half stepping. Girl, these big weightlifter legs. I'd be like, hold on, girl. Can we take a break? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we had finished riding our bikes and we went to brunch. Yeah. Um, and we had a conversation about this next move. Yeah. And hesitations. Yeah. I think since I've known you, you know, you've been fearless in how you've choose to like execute your life. You graduated college and you moved to New York and you just did things. And I was so inspired by that when I met you and I was, I was explaining to you how I felt as 
Like I'm the oldest daughter in my family. No one's ever like, I'm a first generation college grad. Mm -hmm. Um, And so no one's ever moved away or done like really big things or been in a capacity to make those moves. And I was like, Jana, I'm ready, but I still feel hesitant. I still feel held back in some areas. And at the time, um, like my great grandmother was very, very, very sick. And she raised me uh, for the first part of like my childhood life because my I like my parents were teenagers when they had Mm -hmm. me. So when they were at work, she was watching me and she's just taught me so much. And I was telling you that she was very sick and I felt like I couldn't make those big moves with my life Mm -hmm. at that point because I needed to be there uh, for my mom and to to be around my family again. And I I had a lot of guilt Mm -hmm. just with knowing what I want to do, but feeling like it has to be on the back burner. Yeah. And I had that conversation with you and you told me that, you know, you just have to do it. Um, there's going to be a lot of growth. Don't feel guilty about it. And what's, what's special about our conversation is that we had that in early September and then the next morning she had passed away. And when I had gotten the news, I, I had a a sense of, of relief and I, I felt like there was some form of prayer you had spoke to me. Um, and you made me look at, at passing as, you made me look at it so differently, um, a different way to honor her. And of course, I like I was very sad. I was very emotional. Um, I had worried for years over my great grandmother passing, this influential person over my life. And when I had just gotten the news, I just knew in my body, my body was like, "It's time to go, right. Monica." It was almost like she was giving you her blessing. It was probably like if, if this is what's holding you back from your dream. Yeah. Then like. It was I'm like letting you go. the most beautiful like conversation we had, and it just propelled me to really be ready to take this move. And I hope that nobody takes it the wrong way when I tell them, but like it just inspired me so much. And I learned so much about her life even after she passed, and it just she migrated to Virginia. So I feel like I'm able to just live out my dreams mm-hmm. through her. And honor her legacy by yeah. doing the same. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom has always um she's always kind of trained me to or taught me to look at death not in the way that we are taught to but to like you know look at it as like it's just you know it's a part of life and you know she's like don't y'all cry over me at my funeral like don't have no big elaborate thing like you know I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be rejoicing in my next life like do not sit here and let your life stop like I want you to live your full and I feel like that's the best way we can honor anyone that we love is to live fully yeah yeah there's a there's something that sticks out to me have you seen the Netflix movie Bird Box no, I never watched that. So when it came out, um, there's a point in the movie where Sandra Bullock is telling the children that if something happens to me, you need to keep moving. And that's always stuck with me. And now I feel like if something were to happen to me or if something were to happen to my parents, they would want me to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to be sad. You know, it's going to be so traumatic. But I just, I look at things so differently and I've been able to let go so much. Mm-hmm. And after she passed, like my life has been on an uphill like I, I got the job offers. I was able to make the move. I've had modeling opportunities, podcast mm-hmm. opportunities. Like just people want me to help them now. Yeah. Like it's been crazy just learning how to let go mm-hmm. and to look at things from a different perspective yeah. and living like just live out exactly who you are and what yeah. you're called to do and just walk in the fullness of who you are and what your passion is and just take risks and I think you're doing all of that yeah. like you are really like I'm so inspired because I feel like 
so many times people think that they're stuck in their circumstances and their situations and like what they know is the only thing like I'm miserable here but yeah smile you know and so you have kind of to kind of go back to the um the topic question that we got on Instagram today is like how do I make my nine to five um something that you're proud of right (laughs) right how do I make my nine to five like something that makes me feel fun employed and I think it is to reimagine what your working life looks like if you're not pleased with it and that's exactly what you've done is like yeah you're like okay I want the stability yes but I also want to travel I want to travel I want to be in a new landscape I want to put myself out there more and I still want to be able to be connected to my roots Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and so you have been able to do all of that just with a simple job search for something remote yeah and like so now you can you don't have to burn out Mm-hmm. at a desk no like you can work from home and you can work from a plane and you can work exactly. from Denver or Richmond when you're visiting or Paris or wherever exactly and that's like what's so beautiful about your journey so I'm like yeah I'm so proud of you thank so you proud so you. much thank you for that conversation that we had because it's it's just propelled me and like I'm always gonna remember that about uh you and I and our friendship and I know that things get very glamorized um People have asked me, like, well, you know, how did you get so lucky? Like, you got the apartment, you got the job, you're moving to Denver. You doubled your salary. Doubled my pay. I left my job. Like, everything just has executed like it's it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell them that it, there's nothing glamorous over here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very mundane. Like, I was just getting up every day and knowing that I'm going to change my situation. Mm-hmm. I am not stuck. I'm not a victim of my environment or statistics where I come from. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, there were opportunities I didn't get. <laughs> yes, there were days where it was like, this is never going to happen. But I I had to stay focused. Mm-hmm. Like I had to skip out yeah. on like social activities <laughs> I know. and brunch and, sometimes. Right. But now I'm like, I'm better. Like I can come back and be a part of everything. Yeah. But you're you're not stuck. And I, I'm flattered that people, I've been getting so many messages. Like people are so inspired and I'm very flattered by that. But I just, I want to be able to tell my story just to inspire mm-hmm. someone to let them know like you're not stuck. No. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to have a change of heart. You're only going to fail if you don't go do it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, if you think that your situation is, like, what you're doomed and destined for, then that you have defeated yourself. Yeah. But, like, if you just dare to be audacious enough to be like, this doesn't work for me, now let's see what will. And that's actually one thing that... um, I mentioned in last week's or in the last episode with my um, biggest lessons of the decade mm-hmm. was have the courage to step away from what no longer serves you. Yeah. So whether that's relationships or friendships or careers, whatever, you have to have the courage to step out. You know, it's easy to be stuck in that because that's what's comfortable and familiar. It's what's traditional. You right. Know? But like you can actually dare to do something differently yeah. and have a life that's different than what you could have ever imagined. So. Um, thank you so much, Monica, for sharing with us. You're this so is, welcome. I feel so inspired. I, and I'm kind of sad you're leaving me for purely selfish reasons, but now I have a reason to go out to Denver. Exactly. Yes. It's not the end. No, it's just the beginning. It teaches just the beginning. Yeah, it teaches you so much about yourself. So the relationships that I do have here in Virginia, mm-hmm. um, I have to be more intentional about that. Like, yeah. 
it's a two way street, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a good challenge for me yeah. and it's going to put me in a, a different type of comfort zone. Yeah. And yeah. I think when I think about things like situations like this, where you and I have developed a really beautiful friendship, um, where, you know, we do things that, you know, I may not do with other people. Like I'm not riding 25 she miles. She <laughs> made me like, she kept, I kept riding the bike and riding the bike and I'm like, Jana, 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 I can't, I can't. <laughs> It was such a good ride though. But like, I feel like, you know, we have a special friendship and now I have the privilege of continuing it in Denver. Yeah. And so when else would I have had the, the re, like a reason to go out and, you know, you're, ride bikes or hike in Denver, you know? You're like a big sister to me because oh. you've, you've done like the, the big move and you've tried things and you come back or you start this or that and you're very intentional now. And so it's just been so inspiring to learn from you. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. But yeah, so um, before we go, of course, we have to end the episode <laughs> with a win of the week and a woe of the week. Yeah. So... What would you say your win and woe are? So my win is that (laughs) I took a concealed weapon permit class. Um, And I don't say that to threaten or (laughs) be malicious towards anyone, but um, I'm a woman and I'm getting to move across the country and... Although I don't intend for anything bad to happen to me, I need to know how to like use a, a weapon. And so I'm I'm strapped. I'm concealed out here you? properly, oh, legally. Right. <laughs> and it it felt um very empowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Good. And your woe. <laughs> My woe. Wow. So like as I'm going through this moving process, um, it's it's not dramatic or traumatic. I've just realized that um there's things I'm divorcing myself from there's Mm. there's friendships that i'm um peacefully just exiting um there's relationships that i'm being more intentional about Mm -hmm. before i go and i've just i'm realizing that everything can't come with me when Mm -hmm. i go and everyone can't um we we outgrow situations and sometimes it's just out of love it's Mm -hmm. just like hey girl i'm in this type of space now like it's all love. i don't have no hate right but i i'm realizing that i can't as we enter a new decade, everything can't come with me. Everyone can't celebrate these milestones with mm-hmm. me. Um, and that's that's just a part of life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. People are not meant to be in your... Some people aren't meant to be there forever. It's, it's Sometimes it's so seasonal, girl. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, people are in your life to serve you for a reason, for a season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're here to teach you lessons and show you things about yourself and be mirrors to you and show you some great, fun experiences. And then the minute you realize that their season in your life is up, yeah, like you have to say bye. And it's bittersweet. It can hurt. It can sometimes not be received well but only you know what you have to do. And so that's your woe is like... Absolutely. And I feel like I'm making space for um, new friendships, new relationships, Mm -hmm. um, a bigger network. Yeah. Like all of those things. Yeah. So the woe is still a win. Yeah. Yeah. I'm open to receiving (laughs) in the unknown. Yeah. 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 So it equals out as a win. Um, My win of the week. uh, Well, this morning... um, I connected with my friend, uh, Nadiva. Wow. She um, is in the Her Collective as well. Hey, Nadiva. And she and I haven't had the chance really to spend any one-on-one time together. And so I have been really, like, trying to be intentional about, um, especially going into the new year, um, intentional about setting time for relationships 
And, you know, I can get so wrapped up in what I'm doing and get so busy and like all over the place that I'm not nurturing friendships. And so like, I don't have to be BFS with everyone, but I want, if you're going to be in my life, I need to show you that you matter to me. Yeah. And so, you know, I, um, she and I went to breakfast this morning and like we had mimosas and like talked and talked and it was such good conversation just about life and love. And it was my first time really actually sitting one-on-one with her and having a conversation. And she's such, it was just such a good time. And like, I could not have thought of a better way to spend the morning. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful. And you can recognize, you know, we're so pressured and encouraged to be all about work, 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 work. Mm Um, but when you can make space for your yeah. life, part of being fun employed can honestly be just being able to have that time to spend one-on-one time with yeah. your girls or your friends and yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I'm happy. I feel good that I, you know, took that time. And so I have my other girlfriend, she and I have, um, plans for tomorrow and, you know, not to like overextend myself, but I really want to be intentional about letting people that are in my life know that they matter no matter how busy I may be, because I have heard before that like, like, oh, I didn't check up on you. I didn't, I didn't ask to hang out with you because you look like you're always so busy. <sighs> and <laughs> I realized that maybe I have to do more work to, like, reach out. Yeah. As much as I may feel like, oh, I'm tired or whatever, if that's the perception that people are getting, then maybe I need to be more intentional about mm-hmm. being like, hey, I want to hang out with you. And then, like, the ball's in your court and we can work together to figure out yeah. when we can hang out. But, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, so I've just I've just been letting people know, letting people who are dear to me know that like I value you. Yeah, so I, I feel like I've been taking steps. I'm proud I, of yeah. you. Thank you. My woe of the week. Um, so I mentioned uh, in the last podcast that Christmas gifts I was failing at getting them, um, and I got some today, and. And so sad to see the money go. Uh, and it just like starts this spiral of like financial anxiety. And I'm like, this is normal. It's the holiday season. Everyone is spending lots of money. Um, and there's this like anxiety that comes with being an entrepreneur and being like, you're never going to see that money again. But it's like, no, I'm going to get more clients and the money will come back and there's no need to stress. And so um, the the woe is that I've kind of um, over the past couple of days, like been stressed about the financial situation mm-hmm. and like how much money comes with the holidays and all the gifts I have to you know give and stuff. Um, but I have to remind myself that I'm a business and I am. Um, what's the affirmation over there on the wall? Um, I'm abundant in every good way. Money is mine to make, to keep, to exponentially multiply, to give, and to share. I I use my abundance to bless (laughs) others. I embrace abundance, and abundance embraces me. And so that's something I have on the wall of my office, and that's something that I say to myself all the time, that I'm not operating in this spirit of like scarcity, but Mm -hmm. abundance. Exactly. And so as I go through this like financial anxiety, I have to remember that I'm abundant in every good way. Money is mine to make, to keep, to exponentially multiply, to give, and to share. I embrace abundance, and abundance embraces me. So, yeah. I think... uh, Business is booming. <laughs> How's business? Booming. booming. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thank you so much, Monica. How can the people get in touch with you? You guys can get in touch with me on um, on Instagram. 
my Instagram handle handle, excuse me, is Monty Renee. Monica Renee. <laughs> That's like the, the proper. Spell it because it's a little. It is. Um, it's M-O-N-N-I-E underscore R-E-N-E-E. All right. And of course, you can find me at Jana M. Hall. That's J-A-N-N-A-M-H-A-L-L. That's on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and so thank you guys so much for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you, Jana. Thank you, Monica. All right. Bye.